What's up? Yeah. You ready? Stand up for a sec. Yes, I'm ready. Oh. You're fine. Thank you. What time did you have to wake up? I got up at 1.15. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so. so you got about four hours. I got four hours. That's, that's I feel like that's enough. doable. Yeah. Make a day. Is that, is that thing recording? Yeah, we're recording. I love that. This is our first tape. This is great. I got you getting there. You don't need the pants. Oh, okay. It's pretty simple. Okay. Here. So we're really doing this. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, right? Like, yeah. We are. Well, why don't you say what we're doing? We are working on a podcast project, a special, super secret podcast project, and we are headed to the airport in Detroit to get on a plane and go to New York, and we're going to be talking to some people at the Scholastic office in New York all about one particular book. And that book is... Sunny Side Up. By Jennifer Nettle. By Jennifer Nettle. Welcome to The Yarn, a Backpack Media production. I'm Colby Sharp, a third grade teacher from Michigan. I'm going on this little podcasting venture with my pal, Travis Yonker. Travis is a school librarian on Michigan's West Coast. According to Webster's Dictionary, yarn has a couple of different definitions. The one we most often associate with the word. A continuous, often implied strand composed of either natural or man-made fibers or filaments and used in weaving and knitting to form cloth. Oh, excuse me, that's a lot of information. Oh. If you asked me to describe yarn, I'd probably say, eh, stringish stuff, used to make sweaters. I'm a big fan of Webster's second definition, a narrative of adventures. I think that perfectly encompasses what Travis and I are going to do with the yarn. We'd like to take you on an adventure. We hope you enjoy the journey. In the first season of The Yarn, Travis and I will take you on a behind-the-scenes look at Jenny and Matt Holmes' Sunny Side Up. Why Sunny Side Up? I think this clip from Jennifer Holm answers that question. I was thinking about the book a little bit when I was driving the kids to uh, the camp. And there is... um, I think what got me thinking is that there was a big accident on the road and it kind of um, reminded me sort of of like my childhood in the sense that when we were growing up, both of our, our, our parents were both in medicine. My dad was a doctor and my mom was a nurse. And uh, there's this whole thing in medicine uh, called triage where, you know, when there's an accident or when you go to the emergency room, somebody will assess you for, like, who is hurt the worst, and those people are always treated first, which makes sense, especially, like, 
you know, in a wartime situation or something like that. And thinking back about it, I kind of think that what happens in families sometimes is when there's a child or a person or a member of the family who's going through something bad, like they have uh, a substance abuse problem or maybe they're having a mental health crisis, that collectively the family triages them as the person who all this, um, you know, all the help should go to. But there's still like all these bystanders, bystanders to the accident that happened. And I feel that that's kind of in a weird way is how a lot of kids feel who are dealing with similar situations that they might, they're still, um, they've still been, you know, hurt or damaged by the accident, but they, they don't have these like big bloody wounds that need to go to the emergency room. And then of course, when somebody's, you know, in a crisis situation, you have to take care of them. And so there's less energy for all those other kids. And so, um, it just spirals out of control a little bit. And I think especially if kids don't complain about what's going on or don't talk about it, which I think a lot of kids probably don't, um, then you almost never know that they were in the accident too. We bought some recording equipment. We booked a flight to the Big Apple, found a hotel, shuttle service. We were on our way. I have to admit, I was feeling a little bit nervous about whether or not we could pull this off when we arrived at the airport in Detroit. I mean, what business do two dudes from Michigan have flying to New York City to interview a bunch of bigwigs in the publishing world? While waiting in the security line, we received a sign, a sign that could only mean one thing. We can do this. What was that sign, you ask? Well, we just happened to capture it on our handy-dandy, fancy, new recorder. I'm Susan Howie. I teach fourth grade in Gross Point, Michigan. And can you say what just happened in the, about our little experience out there? In- well... I was standing in the security line getting ready to check in for my flight and I looked over and I saw the famous Colby Sharp of Nerd Camp and I got really excited so I said hello because Nerd Camp happens in a couple weeks. And who did you say you're most ex- who would you say you're most excited about meeting at Nerd Camp this year? Um, I'm definitely very excited to meet Jennifer Holm um, because we did the global the global read aloud this year and not only did we love her writing, the kids adored it, but that she was so interactive with my kids on Twitter and so they said I need to get a picture of myself with her for our blog. So, yeah, super excited to meet her. And what is it about her writing that you love? Well, with the 14th Goldfish, I would say um, the kids could really relate to the characters, but also that she pulled in all these different science concepts. You know, we're learning about vaccines and the atom bomb and all these different things. So just, I don't know, there were just so many connections that we could make. Have you heard about her graphic novel that's coming out this fall? Or this end of summer? I know about the ones that have already been written. I don't know about the new one. So she has a... Do you want to talk to tell her about it a little bit, Travis? Yeah, it's like, um, like you know, like um, 
sisters or yes. like those kind of books. Um, it's like a graphic novel memoir-ish okay. type of a book that Jennifer's writing. Okay. So we're really excited about it. Yeah. Well, and I'd say a lot of my my fourth graders now fifth graders would be wanting to read it because now they've you know she's already hooked them in they know her name and they yeah, want to read yeah. her stuff how about them apples two guys flying to new york city to do a show centered around a book written by jennifer l holm run into someone at the airport that is a huge fan of miss holm coincidence i think not In season one of The Yarn, you'll be hearing from different people that played a role in making Sunnyside Up possible. In episode two, you'll get to hear from the queen of graphic novels, the one and only Raina Telgemeier. Throughout my entire school career, my academic teachers also kind of let me be an artist. So if there was a book report to be done, I could illustrate it. And if there was, you know, if we had to do an oral report, I was always welcome to bring visuals along and be comfortable um, expressing myself that way. And I'm really grateful for that encouragement. In episode three, we'll hear from New York Times bestselling author and superstar editor David Levithan. Here, David chats a little bit about some biases he still sees in children's literature. Book and boy book, which I think is a ridiculous categorization and a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, it's just cheap shorthand that that creates the problem more than it addresses the problem. We were told from a very young age, don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, right. We all do it. It's okay. You can admit it. I won't tell anyone. In episode four, you get to travel inside the head of cover design Jedi master Phil Falco. Here's a clip of Phil talking about cover trends. It's hot, and then it's, they, people want to mimic that. Like, I remember Twilight for a while. Like, that was, like, you know, that was different when it came out. You know, I think it was, like, somebody holding an apple or something. And then everybody, you would see books that looked that way. Yeah. Like, black with, like, a red highlight. Next up, graphics founder David Saylor. Here's a clip of David talking about how people view graphic novels differently than they did when he founded graphics 10 years ago. It's much more acceptable and much more mainstream than it was certainly 10 years ago, which has been an incredible thing. And I've said this before, and other people have too, but I feel like we're in sort of a golden age or another golden age of, of both comics for kids but graphic novels for everybody. I'm sure that some of you were a master of the crayon when you were in elementary school. You faded in, faded out, colored between the lines, and you were proud when someone you loved hung that coloring page on the front of the refrigerator. In episode six, you hear from comics creator and professional colorist Lark Pien. Lark has some interesting preferences when it comes to listening to podcasts. I listen to neuroscience podcasts. Oh, I listen really? to science podcasts. Oh, wow. So I'm, I'm a little boring, and I listen to like... Uh, like grumpy old men meditation podcasts. What is that like? They're, well, they're just they just they're like philosophy oh, sort wow. of uh, lessons or you know, but uh, they're not. I don't know. Everybody I've shared them with have like just they're like Lark. Those those are just like they make me fall asleep. I can't yeah. listen to them. 
In our final two episodes, you hear from brother-sister book-creating team Jennifer and Matthew Holm. You heard from Jenny in episode one, so it's only fair to hear from her little brother Matthew now. In the fall of 2014, late, late, late in the fall, that... Um, that I really had any idea what this was going to look like because I hadn't seen any of the color yet. And, uh, and Phil sent us the, the first chapter in color that Lark had done. And, uh, and it, it was amazing. It was just fantastic to see it. Like really got that, uh, saturated, you know, Florida sun washed feeling, which was, which was fantastic. Rumpelstiltskin made his mark spinning straw into gold. What most people saw when they looked at the spools of gold he spun was the shiny, beautiful finished product. Our hope with this show is that you'll see all the threads that must work together to create a book for kids. Hope you enjoyed listening to episode one of The Yarn. Tune in next time for episode with Raina Taldemeyer. The Yarn is a production of Backpack Media. For more information on The Yarn and other Backpack Media shows, please visit bkpk.media.